Memphis Alexander. Chapman for three. Bang! Oh! will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. Yes! The magic of 5 of our 24 minute recaps before we get started please make sure to subscribe on all platforms on youtube at dime dropper podcast apple podcasts of course follow us on spotify and make sure to follow us on social media too at instagram and twitter so coming at you live from los angeles california after the lakers have just taken a tough loss to the portland trailblazers by a score of 115 to 107 (laughs) I'm not going to lie, it is a little fun seeing the Lakers lose just because of how fun it seems, for uh, how much fun Laker fans seem to have when the Clippers lose these days. So I did enjoy that quite a bit, but let's get into the real, the real shit now. Lakers did a typical Lakers start. Started out with intensity, and you know, we saw this all last season. Lakers start games really well, and it, it's all because either LeBron or AD or both start out with a sense of urgency. Lead by example, tonight it was LeBron James starting with urgency, hitting some threes and had like 11 or 9 points right in the first quarter. But right when he went to the bench, it seemed as though the Lakers struggled to get points because AD, who had Robert Covington on him, all over the game. And once again, this goes back to, is the NBA getting better? Players not taking advantage of mismatches. Anthony Davis, all night long tonight, had Robert Covington on him. And there were two times where he took him low into that mid-to-low post and dominated him. There was one in the third quarter where AD in the third quarter was a lot better. And, you know, CJ McCollum was really taking over that end of that first half to get the Blazers back into the game, especially in pick and roll against guess who? Montrash tonight, who was getting worked in pick and roll, not protecting the rim, helping early, which is exactly what he does, being a liability on defense as he is. He was a minus 20 on the floor tonight. Marcus Gasol, who I thought was pretty solid, didn't do anything wrong. 2 of 4, only played 19 minutes and was a plus 14. All you Laker fans wanted to talk to me about, Vogel's not going to play Trez at the 5. Well, that's exactly what he did for certain stretches. And Gary Trent, Dame Lillard in the 4th quarter, CJ McCollum, they cooked this man. We're getting in there. LeBron, even though he played great in the first quarter, that second quarter where AD was kind of, you know, being for lack of a better word, soft or kind of a bitch there for his standards. You know, when he was getting the ball in that low block against Covington, it was in the third quarter. He had one dribble, little jump hook, and one. Then there was another one late in the fourth quarter, double teamed, kick out to LeBron. It's very clear AD doesn't love physicality, and I think this is the reason why I want to crown him as, you know, give you guys, those of the people that say that Anthony Davis might be the best player in the league, I want to give you guys the benefit of that argument. But when he has games like this, it's very hard to go there. It's a, Once again, you talk about the skill set, what he can do. Oh, he's a big man that can do this. It's all about the mind, the confidence we talk about here on Dime Dropper. You know, I saw those little Gen Z bots talking about Tim Duncan can't do this. You know what Tim Duncan would have done with Robert Covington on him for a full game? He would have gotten a double team by the end of the first quarter. So AD, I think, really should deserve this lion's share of the blame tonight for this loss. Montrader was no good. Vogel with the uh, having Trez at the five was no good. Dame took over late. The Lakers did a pretty good job of, you know, they missed Caruso tonight a lot. Caruso really did a great job shutting down Dame, getting over screens, making life tough for him, and pick and pop, pick and roll in the bubble, and he wasn't there tonight. Wes Matthews has been really disappointing also. Another night for him where he basically didn't even really play. 
We had 15 minutes, two points was minus 16. Kuzma settled way too much. You know, part of this is on, and you know, I always talk about LeBron getting guys in rhythm, but LeBron's not playing point guard really anymore. He's letting Schroeder take over a lot of the ball handling duties. And Schroeder, there was a large portion in that third quarter when Schroeder was getting going, he was hitting floaters and starting to finish around the basket, getting by guys like he does. And I thought Schroeder, even though he started pretty slow, he grew into the game very nicely. He was 8 of 16, 24 points. He did seem a step slow on defense compared to last night. Of course, the Lakers are on a back-to-back. But, you know, he needs to do a better job of getting Kuz some touches. Once again, I know he's killing in the pick-and-roll. But when a point guard comes and runs pick-and-roll all the time and no one's touching the ball, it's easy for guys to go cold. And when Kuz is also not doing anything, any favors for himself, he's just shooting threes like that, of course he's going to be cold. So he finished 2 of 9 and two of eight from three. So basically every single shot he took but one was a three. And we talk about it on Dime Dropper all the time. Fall in love with that three ball. And AD in the fourth quarter wasn't aggressive enough at all. LeBron tried his best and then, you know, couldn't make... Like LeBron, he struggled to like get really hot tonight. Like he would hit two shots in a row, but he wouldn't hit that third shot or he wouldn't really get scorching or anything like that. And the Blazers were just a step quicker. And you got to give a shout out to Gary Trent, who turned into Damian Lillard in this game. 10 of 14 from the field, 7 of 11 from three, hitting some ridiculously tough threes, whether it was off screens, off the catch. He was tough tonight, 28 points. But yeah, I don't know why, um, I don't know why Vogel was going with that Montrez at the five. I think it's just, once again, he's just... You know, it's the regular season, and the Lakers kind of, I guess, may have not taken it too seriously or whatnot. But that's a loss for the Lakers. I don't know if I forgot anything. I think Gasol should have gotten more minutes. One and two. No, two and two. So, Lakers move on to the next game. Great win for Portland. This was my first time getting a look at them. CJ was CJ. Um, Der- By the way, we got to give a shout-out to Derek Jones Jr. Stats, he looks like he was bad tonight. One of nine, 0 of 5 from three. His defense on LeBron for stretches was fantastic. He had some incredible, one of them that was, you know, ruled out because of a foul. Blocks, recovering on LeBron in the pick and roll. I mean, some ridiculous blocks. CJ finished 7 of 22, but he had a really good game. was very effective, causing all sorts of problems. 20 points for him. Great win for Portland. And, by the way, I forgot at the top of the show to say... I'm going to talk about the Hawks real quick, and then we're going to talk about the Nets lost yesterday, not today, and then some Suns-Kings, the two games they played, and then we'll go to the questions um, and, and the Spotify, Apple Podcast version of the episode. So let's go to the Hawks, who 3-0 today, and once again, some more resting guys today. Blake Griffin, who I, I get it, you know, coming off of surgery. Derek Rose, I mean, he's, how many great years does he have left? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is here. Um, so players just can't play back-to-backs anymore, some of them. Kyrie Irving. I mean, I understand Kevin Durant missing the game. Kyrie Irving, he's had a lot of time off. And this is what I'm talking about again. And they paid the price for it. Thank goodness, Brooklyn. I'm happy they paid the price. This is getting ridiculous, guys. You want to talk about how much, oh, these guys are so much more athletic. They have this and that. No, all they do is, it's all because they just rest and go soft so they can have longer careers and not get injured. But, in, you know, what's funny is people are already getting injured, dropping like flies, tearing ACLs, you know, breaking wrists. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns, that sucks. That's one of our dime dropper teams, Minnesota, who we're going to not be watching for a while if Carl Anthony Towns is out. You know, so I don't want to hear all that, all you guys making excuses for these players players who can't even play fucking back-to-backs anymore. Nowadays, playing 82 games is a rarity. If Carmelone had played in this era, he would have fucking played 25 years. It's just a joke. It's a, it's a, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, the fans are lucky they're not going to the games because they'll be going to watch these players play and they're not fucking, you know, getting their money's, uh, money's worth here. Anyway, done with that tangent. We already know what I think about the lack of, you know, hunger of these players and the, the, the resting culture and what I think of all that shit. 
and how much more impressive it is when players used to actually play all 82 games, despite their careers not lasting longer. I respect that more. Anyway, on to the Pistons and the Hawks. And it, the Hawks, you know, Capella made his debut today. Rondo made his debut today. And it was some really good debuts. Even though John Collins had his first not-so-great game, I think that he just didn't really get many looks. He was only 4 of 7, 15 points. Struggled a bit defensively as well. And so did DeAndre Hunter, who had his first not-so-great game as well. 4 of 11. He was a little slow on screens, getting beat a little bit. And you know who was actually getting, you know, beating them a lot was Josh Jackson, who had his best game I've ever seen play. 27 points, splashing threes, 3 of 7, 11 of 19 from the field, uh, taking people, running up people off the three-point line as well. So that was kind of impressive. And the Pistons fought tonight. Even without Blake and Derrick Rose, they fought tonight. But And you know what I really thought was good was Isaiah Stewart. He got eight rebounds, a lot of offensive rebounds, five of them actually, yeah. And a lot of those were on DeAndre Hunter and John Collins, just, you know, not boxing out, being a little slow there. Trey Young wasn't great defensively, but oh, so, oh boy, Trey Young was setting the tone for his team, wheeling and dealing that pick and roll, you know, making the right reads, not being too selfish like I talked about last game, and he got to the line. He led the way. He was the best player on the court for the third consecutive game, leading his Hawks to victory. Great start to the season for Ice Trey. 3-0 the Hawks, 29 points, and we got to talk about Bogdanovich, who was hitting all his open threes tonight, 5 of 7 from 3, 6 of 10 from the field, and 17 points. I thought Solomon Hill was really good off the bench tonight. The Hawks bench was very good, 12 points for Solomon Hill. I mean, this team is deep, this team is dangerous, and this team can score, and Rondo was right back to Rondo that we saw in the glorified summer league. You know, wheeling and dealing and pick and roll himself, hitting threes, Rondo, 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 12 points. Eight assists, typical Rondo, setting the tone. And, you know, this was the first game Kevin Herter wasn't too good. But overall, Cam Reddish, again, very solid performance. 11 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 3 steals, only 1 turnover. So I've been really happy with the start from Cam Reddish. And the Hawks overall taking care of business, 3-0, and move on to the next. Capella was good as well, only played 20 minutes, but was had 7 points and 9 boards and made his presence felt at the rim with 2 blocks. So the Hawks looking good as we move on to the next. So let's go to the Nets, who I saw play yesterday. And so the Nets, this is what I talked about with a team like Brooklyn. You know, you're going to play well when everyone's watching you. You're going to play well. And by the way, shout out AD miss hitting the side of the backboard. I had to grill him for that. That tweet is already getting some love because uh, I had to take my jab where I could. You guys, I've seen that Paul George side of the backboard shit more times than maybe I've seen my sister over the last couple of months. So... Yeah, you Laker fans needed to see that, especially the way AD played tonight. Anyway, let's continue with the Nets. So I was saying about the Nets is that they, you know, it's easy to play well when everyone's watching you, but then there's the games that people aren't watching where it's easy to take your foot off the gas. You know, they got to understand that they're a target this season and teams are going to be coming for them. And Charlotte, even coming off a back-to-back, played, played with some really great energy. Terry Rozier was really solid. You know, he's off to a great start this season. You know, not just a dunk he had on Kevin Durant, but just, you know, making the extra pass taking good shots, decent shots, you know, getting in the lane, making floaters on pick and roll, being a threat. And then, of course, P.J. Washington was playing really strong as well, playing tough. Joe Harris was having a tough time defensively, getting bullied a little bit. DeAndre Jordan was very poor. And Kyrie Irving just didn't start with the same defensive intensity that I saw from him against Boston. And against Yeah, against Boston. He was a little bit late getting over screens. And, the, you know, they kind of gave the Hornets confidence a little bit. Even though KD was really solid in the first half, 
And Karis LeVert was pretty good in the first half. By the way, we need to talk about Landry Sham broke and how fucking broke he's been so far. Oh my goodness. You are making a fool out of yourself, Sham. That's what you get for not thanking Clipper Nation. You were playing like a bum. And you've been like terrible since the season started. I mean, Landry Sham, let's look at his line. O of nine. My goodness. Donut. Krispy Kreme. Hot and ready. Maybe Randy's Donuts if you want to come back to LA. Psych. We, got, we don't want you. Anyway, Torian Prince was also dog shit. Two points, 0 of 5, but shout out to Torian Prince. He has viewed Dime Dropper Instagram stories before, so we're not going to grill him too much. But in the second half, you know, very sad to see my my fellow, my former camp counselor and uh, BFT clinic <laughs> trainee or fellow player, I don't know, guy that went to the same clinic, Spencer Dinwiddie, go down with an injury there, tearing uh, ACL or rupturing or whatever. It's so sad. I really like Spencer, but I honestly don't think that the loss is going to be too bad for the Nets. When KD and Kyrie are playing, I think it's really just when he's, when they're not playing like tonight, they could have really used him. But yeah, I'm going to say this one once. DeAndre Jordan is not going to win a championship as a starting center. I mean, Jared Allen just needs to get more minutes than him. It doesn't really matter if DeAndre starts, but he is just not good at basically anything to me anymore except for blocking shots and rebounding. He had 12 rebounds. But the dude is not a good defender in pick and roll. He's always been slow, and he's even slower now. He got caught helping too early in no man's land. Just like basically like, you know, basically leaving his big man wide open under the basket for layups. He got caught out so many times. And in the second half, the Nets tried to, you know, pick up the defensive intensity. But there was one lineup where Nash, I'd have to blame Nash a bit here. He went with Timothy Luau Cabarro, who played really well, but he had not played till the fourth quarter, really. TLC, Torian Prince, Jeff Green, Karis LeVert, and Shamit, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Jeff Green, it was Jared Allen instead, and it was just basically Karis LeVert trying to get shots for everybody and just kind of doing things on his own and everybody else was broke, and that lineup, it went from 84-81 the Hornets were winning to 94-91 the Hornets were winning, and, and Nash, there was once or two, twice in the game where he could have called timeout to kill the momentum, going Cock River style a little bit, I don't think Nash should be in a position where he needs to let these guys figure it out, especially because it's starting to look like a situation where they're going to be ultra conservative with Durant and Kyrie Irving, so if they're going to be doing that, then the game that they play, they're going to want to win to get as best of a seed as they can, and you know, winning just does great things for everything, for the camaraderie. So I don't think that Nash, I think Nash, need, I just, you know, I have to call him out a little bit on that. KD and them, they tried to get back in the game late. They tried. But Kevin Durant, I have a big problem with this. He had 29 points, 9 of 15, 5 of 7, right? Great stats, you know, looking very efficient. 15 shots just isn't enough. Kyrie should not be shooting more than him on a night like this. Kevin Durant only shot, I think, one shot or two shots in the in the fourth quarter, one of which was the shot to tie the game, a really easy mid-range that he, he always makes. You know, he missed. That's okay. But what I have a problem with is the lack of assertiveness. You know, when he's getting loaded up at the top and he doesn't want to attack the seams and he doesn't want to, you know, get a little bit physical, and it's the same with AD, and that's always been a problem with KD. You saw it in 2018 Western Conference Finals when the Rockets were winning on them, and you saw when he blew a 3-1 lead. When teams start loading up on him, sometimes he just kind of doesn't like to attack the seams, doesn't like to get, you know, if he wants to attack from the top and everyone can look at him, you know, that's where he, being a seven-foot guard is kind of like, if you're not just hitting that pull-up off a three, you know, that, that walk into that pull-up three that he hits, then it's like you have a chance to lose the ball because the thing about KD is he has a very wide handle and he's very tall. So it's easy for, you know, smaller guys to get a hand on the ball when he's driving from the top like that as opposed to when he's got the ball in the mid post where he, can only, where he only has to take maybe one or two dribbles or no dribble to get 
to a sweet spot to get a good shot off. And when he's taking the ball from the top, it's easy to load up on him. And he's not getting into the seams. He's not like, you know, you see a guy like LeBron, he's just so strong. He just bullies and puts his shoulder in, splitting the gaps. You know, a guy like Jordan or Kobe would just kind of get in those mid-range areas and pull contested shots because they're very good contested shot makers. But Jordan wouldn't, you know, wouldn't start out too much at the top. You know, this is when we talk about being an all-time great scorer, this is the one problem I have with Kevin, is that he shies away from physicality and contact and can be too passive. And I'm not saying this loss is on him, it's probably less on him than anyone on that Nets team, but he needs to take over games. If he wants to lead this team to a championship, he's gonna be put in situations where teams much better than Charlotte are gonna be loading up on him and boxing him in a little bit, or you know, zoning him up, so to speak, or loading up, I should say, shrinking the floor, whatever. And you know, he's gotta be better. And Joe Harris has to be better too. I noticed something with him, good three-point shooter, very suspect mid-range. Typical, as we talked about, and is the NBA getting better? So I'm happy the Nets lost because they paid for their ridiculous resting tonight. Not on Kevin Durant, as I say, with Kyrie Irving. So to end it, we're going to talk about the Suns and the Kings. And the first game, I thought the Kings, you know, had really good energy. And the Suns, I thought Devin Booker was a little bit better in this game, in the game the other night, where the, where the uh, Kings won. He had, you know, he shot 21 times, 26 points. Chris Paul was better, much better in the first game, 22 and 12. But the Suns shot once again way too many threes. Another team doing it, 11 of 44, 25%. They just didn't know when to quit. Javon Carter, 0 of 5. Cam Johnson, 2 of 8. You know, Devin Booker shot too many for my liking, even though he's only 3 of 7. Chris Paul, 2 of 6. Too many threes. And let's get to the main reason they lost. Both ends of the floor. One, he couldn't play defense without fouling. He had five fouls again. And then he only shot five times. DeAndre Ayton. This is what I'm talking about. We're talking about him being ag not aggressive enough. Five shots is not going to get it done. The team needs to do a better job of getting him going, but he needs to be more assertive. He's, I mean, he's one of the big men that actually has some skills. He needs to be more assertive. And you know what? The next night, he was a tad bit more assertive. He shot 11 times, and he had 11 and 15 and four assists, and he did a much better job, especially in the second half, of not playing of playing defense without fouling. So Aiton playing a little better. I still want to see more than 11 shots, but Jay Crowder also not off to the best start for Phoenix, but I thought in the second half of that game last night, because Phoenix was only up by three points at halftime, 56 to 53, that second half, especially the third quarter, they really clamped down on defense, and it starts with... Michael, uh, Mikael Bridges, and obviously, as I said, DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll was a little bit better, and Chris Paul obviously playing great, doing his thing, or I wouldn't say too great, but CP3 getting guys involved, making life easier for guys like Michael Bridges, guys like Cam Johnson, who in my opinion was the most impressive player of the game, 21 points, 7 of 9, 3 of 4 from 3, he was hitting basically everything he took, I think that, you know, KCP in corner threes and Cam Johnson right now are two guys I think that whenever they shoot those shots, Cam Johnson right now, just any open three, I think they're going in. And Cam Johnson was huge and he's been really good to start this season, honestly, as has Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, who had 22 points, 9 of 15 from the field, and 4 of 8 from 3. Booker, though, was solid. And I think Eddie Johnson, the Suns color commentator, made a really good point in, in commentary the other night, yesterday. And he said that D-Book was so used to last season kind of being the playmaker for everything. This season, he needs to go back to being a killer scorer. You know, 19 shots... I want him shooting over 20 shots, honestly. I think I, I want him shooting, honestly, 20 to 25 shots. Uh, I want Chris Paul in that 10 to 15 shot range and then eight in the same because D-Book, it's the same thing I said with Kevin Durant. They're, you know, loading up on him from the top and he's not trying to get into those 
you know, seams and gaps and attacking players one-on-one and trying to get a little physical, maybe bump off of them and spin or step back. And you know what he started doing was taking too many threes and then, you know, one of six from three, Devin Booker. And then he started getting into that mid-range area, hitting some nice step backs, coming off screens, getting into the midi, which he can hit because I've been said, Devin Booker is one of the most versatile scorers we have in the league, but he is being a little too nice, too passive as well. I think he needs to be, I agree with uh, Eddie Johnson in commentary, he needs to be more assertive. I know the Suns won by 16, 116-100, great win, bouncing back, 2-1, and one, that's all great. But, you know, they've had two games against the Kings and a Porzingis-less Mavs. It's not going to get easier for Phoenix, and Devin Booker's going to have to be a bit more aggressive. But I love to see him just making the right plays. He's not playing badly by any means. Don't get it twisted. He's playing well, but I, can, I want a little more aggression. Um, shout out to the Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers, by the way. We don't cover them on Dime Dropper, but for them to start out 3-0, I did say with the Cavs, I didn't expect them. I, I said they were going to be a 13 seed, but I did say they had a really good starting five, so I wouldn't be surprised if they finished higher, and that starting five is looking like they've developed a bit. Garland, Sexton, Sexland, as they're calling them now, I guess. And then the Pacers, Sabonis, off to an incredible start. Looks like the second best power forward in the league after I still have to go with Anthony Davis. Um, once again, pure power forwards. Um, but yeah, Sabota's been killing it. Malcolm Brogdon been killing it. And so yeah, that's all we're going to have tonight for the recap. Uh, ending three minutes short of 24 minutes for the Spotify and Apple podcasts. I'm going to get to the live chat now. Make sure you let me know what you think of this episode. And make sure to subscribe. Peace.